Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, I'm Jack River and this is To Rebel in the Times, a walk into the realms of rebellion seated in the past and emerging into our future. This episode was recorded from my home on Yuan Country, and I would like to pay my respects to elders past, present, and emerging, and pay special respect to any First Nations listeners. Through this series, I'm meeting artists who are also scientists, mothers, activists, and business people, and getting deep into the minds behind the songs, the ideas, and acts of a rebellion that are changing our world. It's really exciting getting to represent those people and to create a space and a project and help foster a community where being queer or like feeling weird sometimes or like feeling a bit different doesn't make you like an outsider and if I can like help make that connection for people then that is like what more could I hope for really. Cub Sport have been global leaders in a shift in pop music culture, one that sees artists publicly embracing their sexuality and expressing it in bright colours for all of us to experience. I caught up with Cub Sport's Tim Nelson during isolation, a few months after Tim publicly freed himself of the gender binary. It was an act that he described as not about finding a new label that makes him feel comfortable, but about removing labels and becoming free to form his own self, not built by others. Okay, so welcome to our isolation recording of To Rebel in the Times. Tim, thank you so much for joining me from far away next to your beautiful dog. (laughs) My pleasure. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to jump straight into the depths. Um, So you've gone from releasing these lyrics in Chasen in 2017. I don't even know what I want out of life, what I'm chasing. I'm trying to be honest and live deliberately, but my mind is so scattered with different parts of me. Is it delusional to think that I can do this? Does anybody want this? I guess I'll wait and see. So you've gone from singing that in 2017 to now in 2020 in Confessions writing, the truth is I don't want to be one of the boys. The truth is living by agenda makes me feel annoyed. The truth is I still don't feel like I fit in anywhere. The truth is I love staying home with you in underwear. (laughs) I think it means a pretty kind of beautiful journey. Can you tell us how this process of understanding your sexuality and releasing the constraint of gender unfolded for you across these times? I feel like it was, it was kind of just allowing myself to be more free and to try and let love guide my path rather than fear. 
because I think for so long a lot of my decisions were fear-based it was like yeah it's kind of it's kind of hard to put into words but I think like subconsciously trying to figure out like how much of myself I could show before I would be like before I would start scaring people away basically and and I think that the like coming out as gay or like telling people that I was in love with Sam was a really big turning point it felt like that was kind of knocking down one big wall and then I realized that there were all of these other like <laughs> little walls on the other side of that and it felt like the more I kind of pushed through the the deeper I could go and the more of myself I felt I could express I think a lot of my insecurities and um feelings of inadequacy kind of stemmed from feeling like I wasn't the like I wasn't who I was meant to be or who people wanted me to be like I I grew up wishing that I was like like really attracted to women and that I could like enough that I could make that my life and that I could be more masculine and kind of be be like the man that you that that I grew up like seeing glorified or whatever um and yeah it, it kind of when I when I allowed myself to abandon those expectations on myself well it's I, I say abandon but I think it's something it's like a, a process that I'm like still working through um but it was like getting to uh getting to like kind of lean in on like some of my more feminine attributes and energies and that sort of thing in doing this and I and it like felt good and it was like exciting and like and really beautiful in my eyes and so I think that from chasing through to confessions that was kind of what happened and where I was at and it was so it was sort of something that I was already living out but I think that writing those lyrics in confessions was sort of the first time that I had like said it out loud oh I love that and making those videos and writing those lyrics even like performing them when that was happening in the moment did that feel like the frontier of the journey and the experience like like the actual art was kind of like leading you deeper into yourself yeah like when I was writing and recording confessions I had a few of these moments where I would like listen back and I was like just like I I found it like really exhilarating and and I think like especially the end section I was like this is so like raw and primal and like I like I was just so excited about it it's like if I was a Cub Sport fan and I am a Cub Sport fan, like I would die like <laughs> if I heard this. And um and I had like those moments like during its creation, but it was really um seeing the music video. There was one 
like there was one um, instance in particular where we were doing like some meetings with DSPs to like show them what we've been working on. And we were meeting with Apple and they like played the confessions video up on the big screen. And it was my first time like seeing it and hearing it with other people and like seeing them reacting to it. And like even being in that setting where I know like to be able to meet with people like at Apple and that sort of thing face to face is like, that's a pretty like big thing. And I think that that was a real moment being like, holy shit, like this is, this is exactly what my greatest fear would have been like four years ago, like looking like this, like, and like telling, like showing this part of me is like everything that I feared like yeah so recently and now I'm like here and I'm showing the showing people and I'm like excited about it and I'm proud of it that is so beautiful Tim yeah it's so heartbreaking to hear how afraid of that you were but I guess I'm so deeply thankful as a listener and a fellow writer to hear that journey and I I guess like not coming out as a person but yeah that's what we all are right like coming out as humans across albums and songs so Mm -hmm. thank you (laughs) so switching to how you make that inner vision and kind of inner transformation professional if that's the right word can you take me through any of your favorite parts or kind of your most interesting or challenging parts of that process and I know that's obviously like a really long process, but I find it quite interesting because the everyday person that doesn't externalize their most inner thoughts might not get to know that weird process of taking something so personal and then deciding to amplify it so broadly to thousands of people. Yeah, it's a it's a huge thing that we decide to do and put ourselves through, but I feel like there's like something in us that like drives us to firstly like explore ourselves and then to like share it with other people. And I think that it is in a way to help, it it is to help enrich other people's lives, whether that's just like bringing them joy or soundtracking a moment, or in some cases hearing like our perspectives and what we've been through, like allows them to understand what they've gone through when they might not have like a process where they like look inside or try and like understand why they're feeling certain things or like things that have happened to them that have shaped who they are and how they are now. Um, And I feel like for Cub Sport, it's always been about following our gut and like what, like what's the, what parts of an album or which songs is there like that burning desire to like make sure people hear or like to, to like shine a light on or whatever. And I think if you look through the Cub Sport discography and our single choices, it's like they often aren't really like the most sensible or the most safe choices. And, and I feel like, um, that has been a really big part of our like journey and what has built, like, it feels like we've built something really unique through that. 
like I remember, um, I remember what, for Come On Mess Me Up, like our team that we had at the time wanted the third single to from our debut album to be a song called I'm On Fire, which is probably like one of the more like upbeat kind of driving songs on the album. And something in our, like that we were feeling was like, it needs to be Come On Mess Me Up. Like that was the song from that album that I was most um, invested in. And it felt like the the truest depiction of like who I was at that time and like where I wanted to go with Cub Sport. And that ended up like connecting in such a special way. And it, and it feels like it still is. And it's like, and people are still finding us through that song, which is so special to me. And that was, that was a moment when um, we had like management and a label at the time. And, it was our first time kind of really pushing back and saying like this, we really want this to like to work the way that we want it to. And then for our next album, that was when we became self-managed and started our own album and started releasing through that. We were talking about it the other night and we're like, if we knew the amount of work that we were biting off, like would we have done it? And of course we would have, but I think like at the time we were like, hell yeah, we can do this. And now like albums later, we're like, oh my God, we're like, we have done so much. Um, but yeah, I remember when we were choosing a single for the first single of Bats, our second album, we chose Oh Lord, which is like, again, like we were just so, we just really wanted people to hear that song, which, and it like, it's kind of a confusing song because it was written at a time when I was like, when I had probably swung the farthest from like my like Christian upbringing. And I was, I was kind of like on like the full atheist end of the spectrum at that point in time. And I was like, no, there's no God. Like I, I feel like I had like really rejected that in like the strongest way I could. And then we were releasing this song that's like, Oh Lord, don't turn your back on me. And it was like kind of confusing. And people were like, is this a Christian song? Like a cub sport, like really religious. And, um, but I think that releasing that song allowed me to like, I, I kind of had to open up to give it the context and for people to understand like where I was coming from and, it that kind of like started a whole new way of like communicating for me. And um, I, I don't think I had really felt the need to like kind of delve into what I'd written like, like I did around that song. And then I realized that there was, there was like a lot of, um, I don't know, there's kind of like a lot of worth to like what had gone into it. And when I saw like what people were getting out of that and that they were, there were people resonating with my experience and that sort of thing, it, it kind of started to transform what Cub Sport like was and like now is moving from being like just music to being like, uh, I feel like that was Mm, like the- Like a conversation- yeah. And like, and it felt like there really started to be, um, a like community and like a, 
like a message and it, it felt it felt more important to me from that point because I was like, oh, this is actually like really impacting some people's lives. Mm, that's so cool. And yeah, like you don't really know anything. Like you don't know what's driving you to pick certain songs, but there's something like communicating through you that you just need to follow. Exactly. And not not every song is going to like blow up on streaming or like get smashed at radio, but it's like that. I feel like there's a real danger in making those your like goals and markers of like success or like what is a, like what's done something good for your career. Because I feel like there's, you have to like trust that 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 like longing that you feel to like do something a certain way means something and that it is like guiding you like to where you're actually meant to be. Yeah. I don't know. And yeah, I don't know if this is relevant or not, but um, I've become quite strict about receiving praise from people because I went through um, a bit of a process like two years ago, I was feeling quite desperate for, for praise from people on my team and loved that buzz of kind of receiving praise when you share a song for the first time. But I've become quite strict um, and careful of what I take on board because if you keep doing it, you kind of just endlessly chase after it. And I don't really know if that's helpful. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's something that I've kind of touched on a bit in some songs on our new album, like not, not that specifically, but looking outwards for validation. And um, yeah, I like, I feel, I feel like it's so important to have, a sense of um, worth like that comes from within. Cause I'm, I'm totally the same. Like when, when you write a song that feels really good and then you like share it with people and other people like go wild for it. Like it's an incredible feeling and I completely understand trying to chase that or whatever. Um, But I think that, yeah, as you said, like, it's, it isn't, you like end up feeling sad if like that's what you're looking for all the time. Yeah. And there needs to be something from within that like you can give that feeling to yourself or whatever. Which is kind of the same in life or love or whatever. Like you kind of got to find that love for yourself before you look for it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's pretty deep. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that leads into my next question, which is something we've talked about before. And I guess this whole conversation is about, which is, the practice of making space for that higher self-communion or higher self-understanding. Um, I think that for you, it sounds like the process through songwriting or your life has kind of driven this extremely original body of work and extremely, I don't know, it's, it's like a culture-informing kind of way of making your art. Um, can you share with us some of the little rituals you do or those strange little like pieces of information from the universe that you kind of follow to find these songs? I feel like it's sort of a feeling like when it comes to songwriting, I think that when I, when I'm like writing or recording something, sometimes I'll just get this like joyful feeling when it feels like, I've, I've, one of my favorite artists, um, Beverly Glenn Copeland, um, 
set it like he feels like his process is co-creating with the universe and I loved that so much because I feel like my best lyrics and like my like my best production and like musical moments or whatever are when I feel like I'm like really in the flow and it's not like it's not something that I could like think up or like think oh like this would be cool it's kind of just like in the moment feeling like there's um feeling like you're like kind of channeling something greater like from the universe and I think for me that's um that is kind of part of that sort of tapping into a higher self and it feels like in those moments I'll have clarity come through when like in the midst of like feeling so scattered in like every other like part of my life or something I don't know <laughs> um but yeah that that's kind of what that feels like to me I and I kind of go through waves of like feeling connectedness and it's something that uh, like when I, when I get really busy or stressed, it kind of feels like that connectedness weakens a little. And, and I think that that's, it's like really important to try and maintain that because in a world that is changing so quickly, I think that having like having like a sense of um, like just knowing and self and familiarity like that you can access within yourself is kind of like a, a rock in like, in like a world of like big waves of change and like things feeling different all the time, if that makes sense. Um, well, you put it so well, so I feel like case closed on that question. <laughs> That's really nice. So I'm kind of facing toward culture now in a global or kind of Australian setting. And we've grown up in Australia where our pop music culture has, no offence, felt kind of bland across history, if I may say so. Though this is coming from someone whose Hotmail address was Delta Totally Rules at Hotmail.com in, in year six. <laughs> I, w- I was the biggest Delta stan. Oh my God. So was I. But that was, that was like my first concert. Wait, it's not Blink-182 shit. No, actually it was Black Eyed Peas. Oh, wow. At Horden Pavilion. Huge. Um, yeah, it's big. So we love you, Delta. But when you're making this music that you're making, it's so wonderfully lucid and it sounds like nothing else that's really been made in our country before. You're having kind of like beautiful national conversations across your socials and stuff. So I feel just like so much love in your project. And I feel like it's a community that I don't know, has felt maybe like underrepresented in pop music. Do you feel the same? Yeah. that And like, thank you so much. It's really nice to hear that. Like that's the, that's like your perspective of it. Cause that's how it feels for me. I feel like I've been able to connect with so many people like me through doing this. And I don't think that I ever really saw it like becoming what it has, which is really cool. But yeah, there's a line in Confessions 
the truth is I'm looking for myself and I can't see it in anybody. And I think that that's sort of how that, like that is how I've felt my whole life. Like I've, I've come across like lyrics and music and things that like really resonate with me and make me feel something, but I haven't, I haven't kind of like seen my combination of like feelings and experiences, like all kind of like in one project, which I guess like that's why I'm creating because I like, I'm just like trying to like understand myself more. And that's like putting myself into this project and the amount of people who have who it has resonated with and been like, I feel the way that you felt. It's like, I, yeah, I don't think that I even realized that there were so many people similar to me. And so it's really exciting getting to represent those people and to, yeah, create a space and a project and help foster a community where being like being queer or like feeling like weird sometimes or like feeling a bit different doesn't make you like an outsider. There's like a, I feel like everybody has somewhere that they belong and that like everybody has their people. And if I can like help make that connection for people, then that is like, like what more could I hope for really? Oh my gosh, that is so, so beautiful, Tim. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. Thank you. I've got tears in my eyes and goosebumps. (laughs) Okay, if you could go back to that first moment when you were recognizing rebellion in yourself or a sense of wanting to disrupt the normality that you were surrounded by, with all that knowledge and experience you've acquired along the way, what would you say to someone who's standing at the foot of that mountain or someone who's at the precipice of doing something that's never been done before? I would say to approach it with love rather than fear. Like follow follow your gut and yeah, don't let a possible worst case scenario get in the way of doing something that could like really bring you joy. Like I put off coming out for years and years because of like all of the worst case scenarios that were running through my head and like, and a fear of like, I guess the unknown, but like also based on like everything that I'd picked up in my life up until that point, like I like I understand why I was fearful, but pushing that aside and like letting myself love who I am and show that to the world. Um, that was like the first of many big changes. And I, I feel like if we're, I feel like in making decisions, it's really important to come back to like, what is motivating this? Is it, because I'm like scared of what will happen if I don't do this? Or is it because I like, this is exciting and I love this, that kind of thing. I I feel like that's, that will help you like figure out what your intuition is telling you. And if you stick with that and listen to your inner self and try and connect with your higher self and, and like, just try and, I, I feel like you just have to like vibe it, vibe it out and, 
don't be scared. Oh, I love that. Thank you so, so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Ah, I, I am dying on the inside. That was just so perfect. I've got a bazillion goosebumps. So thank oh, you so much, yeah. Tim. We love you. Thank you. Right back at you. Thank you to the very magical Tim Nelson from Cubsport for sharing his time and words with us and for lighting a path for so many others to step into who they are. I'm Jack River and I'm so excited to share more conversations with you through this podcast to revel in the times. Join me at To Rebel in the Times Instagram, where we'll be continuing these conversations online. I want to know who you are, what you want to hear, and how you want to shake things up in your world. You can subscribe to To Rebel in the Times on any podcast player. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. This podcast was made independently by Jack River with Jess Hamilton, Pete Covington, and Unified Management. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.